Welcome to the Seek Podcast. We are so glad you're here. I'm Erin Falbo, your host for this season. Each week, we're sharing content that dives into the heart of the gospel, who God is, who we are, and what it means to live in relationship with Him. We're excited to walk with you as you encounter the Lord. In this episode, Father Mike Schmitz brings to mind the ways that we can grow in our faith and not let what Jesus did go to waste on us. So this has been an incredible uh, weekend. I'm so so grateful to be actually be here with everyone here right now. Um, one of the things, hopefully you heard over the course of the last few days, has been and this this truth. It's it's from John chapter three verse sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that everyone who would believe in Him would not perish but would come to eternal life. And hopefully over the course of these last few days. You've actually encountered that son. You've encountered Jesus himself. And, and one of the things that we've been praying for and hoping for and hope this happened to you and they didn't, there's still time, is that at some point you realize, okay, here's all that God did for me. Here's all that God himself has done for me. He gave his only beloved son and that son carried a cross and that son gave his whole life so that you and I could have life. And one of the things that just like comes back to me is like, at the end of this weekend, I, I want this, I I don't want what Jesus did to go to waste on me. I don't want what Jesus did to be wasted on me. That I actually wanted to make a difference in my life. And that's what we heard in the last talk, that sense of like, how do I keep growing? How do I make it possible, let it be possible that what Jesus did is not wasted on me? Because hopefully, again, you've come to this conclusion. That conclusion is that Jesus is who he says he is. That he's not like any other founder of any religion or any philosophy or any way of life, but he actually is God. You know, it's interesting because if Jesus is God, then there's a couple things that are, there's a couple like, you know, I don't know, consequences of that, that reality. Um, so if you go back to the Acts of the Apostles, the New Testament, you have the apostles, these, these disciples, and they come to the conclusion. Jesus is who he says he is. I mean, they, they lived with him for two and a half, three years, right? They, they saw him carry a cross. They saw him die. They saw him rise from the dead. And then after he rose from the dead, they spent 40 days with him. And so what Jesus does in Acts chapter 1 is he takes them to this town called Bethany, right outside Jerusalem. And it's one of these remarkable scenes where as they go outside of Jerusalem, um, from Bethany, you can see everything. Like you can see where Golgotha was. You can see where he was crucified. You can see also where the tomb was, where he was buried and rose from the dead. You can see where the upper room was, where he gave the Eucharist at the Last Supper. And at that point, here at the apostles, they know who Jesus is. He really is the Lord. So they say, Lord, because they know who he is. They say, Lord, are you at this point going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Because, because they know, right? Jesus is who he says he is. What he's going to do is he's going to bring the kingdom of God to earth. Like, so everyone will know that God loves them. Everyone will know that they have the opportunity to have eternal life. That everyone will know that they're not an accident. Every, everyone in the world will know what God has done and they'll be blessed by that. So they ask him, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom? Jesus' answer is very interesting because he says two things. One, he says, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has, has decided. So basically, I'm not telling you when. But then he, secondly, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. <laughs> Which is interesting. So Jesus, what does he say? He says, they say, are you going to restore the kingdom? Are you going to bless the whole world now? Are you going to save the world? And he says, no, you are. In response to this question, because what, what God is, what has he done in, in dying and rising from the dead? He has redeemed all of creation. He's redeemed all of humanity. He's redeemed the world. 
but there's a world that doesn't know it. There's a world that this redemption has not reached yet. And so they're like, Jesus, go do it. When are you going to do this? And he looks at them and says, no, you'll receive power. And that word for power in Greek is dynamis, dynamite. You'll receive the dynamite power of the Holy Spirit. And that dynamite power will make you into witnesses. And that Greek word for witness is the word martyr. You receive the dynamite power. Right now, on your own, you do not have enough strength. But with me and my grace, my dynamite power, you have more than enough strength to be my witnesses here in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Because one of the things that St. Paul, right, he, what he writes, is he says, I received as of first importance when I handed on to you that Jesus Christ came to save sinners. He came to save lives. And so we realize this, okay, I know what Jesus is. Jesus, I do not want to let what you did go to waste on me. But then we have this next step, this next question. Is what Jesus did going to stop with me? I don't want what Jesus did to go to waste on you. And Jesus is saying, essentially, I don't want what I did to stop with you. Are you going to restore the kingdom? No, you are. With my grace, my, my strength, my power, you are. You know, it's interesting. I mean, I, I was struck with this by this when I was in high school. I had a conversion. I had encountered the Lord Jesus in confession at one point in, in high school, and it changed my life. And I mean, he saved my life in, in a remark, remark, remarkable way. And so I remember in high school, I was part of this, uh, it, it was an event where they said, hey, what, what's your name? And like, what do you plan to do after high school? Or what are your goals for life? That kind of thing. They just wanted to introduce you to the crowd. And so they took my name and said, Mike, what, uh, what's your goal, main goal in life? And I said something like, I want to help as many souls get to heaven as possible. <laughs> and the woman who was taking the question, she's like, uh, okay. And she's kind of hesitated. She's like, all right. And then when they introduced me, they said, this is Mike Schmitz. He's from Brainerd, Minnesota. And his goal in life is he wants to help people. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's not exactly, I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> just not exactly what I said. Because again, Christians, we're not just here to help people. I mean, yes, hopefully as Christians, we help people. Hopefully as Christians, we do good in the world. But Jesus didn't come just to help people. He didn't just come to do good. He came to save lives. So as Christians, that, that's our call is to, to save lives, to, to say, you know what the catechism says, which is there is no person who ever has lived, is living, or ever will live for whom Jesus Christ did not suffer and die so that they could have life. And so is that one of those things like, oh, if that's true, then why wouldn't I want to tell people? If, that, if that's true, why, why wouldn't that be like the driving force of my life? No one's disqualified. In fact, you know, um, I heard this story. I don't know if you know a guy named, uh, his name is Penn Gillette. He, he was part of this like a magic troupe, I guess, uh, called Penn and Teller. And he still is. He's incredible. He and, he and, he and Teller are... Um, they're hilarious. They're incredibly talented magicians. But Pendulette is, uh, he's a pretty avowed, outspoken atheist. At one point, a couple years ago, a few years ago now, after one of his shows, he, it looks like he went back to his hotel room and he, and he, and he recorded himself on his, on his computer and he just wanted to share this experience he had just had. So after the show, he says that you were greeting people, you know, signing autographs and whatnot. And he said, I noticed this man who was standing there. A, a, he was a big guy. And he actually says it more than once. So I don't know if that has any relevance to it, but he's a big guy. And uh, he's a very nice, very polite. I recognized him from the show the night before. And he had come back because he wanted to just say some words to me. 
And he said he waited until everyone else was done. He was very polite, and he walked up to me, and he was super gracious. He, he, he said, um, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Gillette, I, uh, I love your show. I, and he, he said he had a lot of really complimentary things. He was genuine about it. But at one point, he said, um, he said, I just, uh, you know, I love your show, and I really like all your work. And he said, and I'm a Christian, and I, I just want you to have this. And he handed him uh, this, one of these like, little Gideon Bibles. My, the first Bible I ever got at the Crow Wing County Fair. The little Gideon Bible was a New Testament and Psalms and Proverbs. And he said, I just want you to have this. And he said, the man looked him in the eye, super respectful, was really kind. Even said, like, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm not trying to be rude. I just want you to have this. And here is Pendulet, and he's talking to this camera, talking to the world, essentially sharing this. And he said, you know what? I wasn't offended by that. He says, there are some atheists out there who would think like, you know, I can't believe that. Why would these Christians want to proselytize or we would say evangelize? But Pendulet said, I'm convinced God doesn't exist, but. He said, if you're a Christian and you really believe that there's a heaven and a hell, if you're a Christian and you really believe that eternal life is possible, how much would you have to hate someone not to tell them that? He was so struck by this, this reality. If you really believe that eternal life is possible, how much would you have to hate someone not to tell them that? He said, so for me, I'm not offended when a Christian tells me that there's a God who loves me that eternal life is possible, that God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son, that I don't have to perish, I could have eternal life. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it like bonkers, like bananas, to, to, to even try to wrap our minds around this reality that here is God who gave everything, and then he gives us the keys. Here's, here's Jesus who gives us whole life. Why? Because he loved people so much that he says, okay, I love them so much that I died for them, but they're never going to know unless you tell them. I don't want to let what Jesus did go to waste on me. I do not want to let what Jesus did stop with me. Not just with people that, you know, we don't even know. But I mean, I'm talking about people that we know. In fact, so years ago, we had um, a student on our campus. She's just an incredible young woman. She was a student athlete. And she, like, she took her, her, her prayer life seriously. She took her spiritual life, her relationship with Jesus seriously. She was not going to let what Jesus did for her go to waste. She lived in our Catholic women's household. And I remember her senior year, um, her, the missionary, her disciple, was trying to convince her to go to see, to go to this thing. But she's like, you know, I've been there three times. I don't need a fourth time. I've already heard the whole thing. I'm good. But finally, she was kind of, you know, cajoled, coerced, manipulated, whatever the word is, <laughs> to get to seek. And what God did at that conference moved her from someone who just said, I don't want to let what Jesus did go to waste on me to someone who says, I don't want to let what Jesus did stop with me. Because one, one of the great movements in her heart, she had such a good heart already, but one of the great movements of her heart was this, it was awakened that she has a little sister and a little brother that she loves so much. And at one point, she was just struck by this, the reality that, like so many of us, like, you know, you try, I don't know if you ever tried to share the faith with, with your siblings, or your parents, or, you know, people you're related to. Um, Jesus was completely correct when he said a prophet is not without uh, honor except in his own native place or among his little brothers and sisters. She realized, like, I might not be able to, I might not be able to reach my little brother. I might not be able to bring the gospel to my little sister. But maybe I can bring the gospel 
to someone else's little sister. Maybe I can bring the gospel to someone else's little brother. And then, and then maybe someone will be able to reach my little brother. And then maybe someone else will be able to reach my little sister. Because again, it's not about just reaching out to strangers, people we don't know. It's about, it's about saying these are the people that God say, says are worth loving. I can't reach them all, but maybe if I reach this one, then someone else will reach the people that I love. Because I don't want to let what Jesus did stop with me. So where do you start? <laughs> and I love it because Jesus already gave us the answer. I don't want to let what Jesus did stop with me. So where do you start? Well, when Jesus said, you'll receive dynamite power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you'll be my witnesses. He gives really clear geographic references. He says, here in Jerusalem, then throughout Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. So where do you start? He's like, start here. They're in Jerusalem. Where are you going to be witnesses? Right here. You just have to start wherever you are. Just don't let it stop with you. And I know, I know, I know, the, the reality course is like, but yeah, what if I get shot down? What if, what if I try and I, I fail? And you have to ask the question and answer the question. Are people actually worth saving? Is that what the Christian's job still is? To do their, our best to save people's lives, to save their souls, to save their eternities. So years ago, uh, off the, course, the, the coast of the Northeast United States, there's this little island, still is there, not just years ago, uh, still there, the island of Nantucket. And back in the day, before the Coast Guard, uh, one of the things you could do if you lived on the island of Nantucket is you can still see them now. There's these little like huts every you know, 50 meters, 100 meters along the, the windward side facing the North Atlantic. And they're, they're called huts of refuge. So if you lived on the island of Nantucket, you could volunteer to be part of this group they called the Humane Society. And we, of course, we know the Humane Society, but back in the day, the Humane Society, what they would do is if there was ever a storm, and you're part of the Humane Society, you'd go to one of these huts of refuge and you would scan the horizon looking for ships that were in distress off the rocky coast of Nantucket. And if there was a ship in distress, you'd start ringing a bell. And if anybody, you're part of the Humane Society, your job, your role was to rush to the coast to get into a little wooden rowboat and to row out into the storm with the hope, with the intention of being able to save someone's life. That's what they did. They would row into the storm, looking for people to save. Now, of course, as time went on, the United States formed the Coast Guard, and so Humane Society was no longer needed because we have professionals who now go save lives. And so it's interesting because the Humane Society, they still exist, as we know, and they do good. You know, they get together in Boston a couple times a year, I'm sure, and, and they kind of award people who do good and do nice things, and it's great. They still do good. This group still exists. They still do good, but they just... They're just no longer in the life-saving business. And I wonder if that's us. St. Paul, of first importance, what I handed on to you, Jesus Christ came to save sinners. And what do we do as Christians? We do good. We're nice people. What do you want to do with your life? I want to help people. That's fine, but do you... Do you want to help people or do you want to save lives? Last thing. I know, I know the reality, of course, is that you've tried, probably, 
At some point, you probably tried reaching out to somebody. You probably, probably tried to say, well, I have the gospel. Here's my little Bible, you know, whatever the thing is, and then gotten shot down, or then, and then you failed. Then you're just rejected. Whatever happened, the question always comes back, what if I try and I fail? What if I, if I go out there? What if I go out into the storm and I sink? The Humane Society, they had a motto. The motto, if you're part of the Humane Society, was this. You have to go out. You don't have to come back. When there is a storm and there are people who need saving, you have to go out. What if you drown? <laughs> you don't have to come back. Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that all those who believe in him wouldn't perish but would have eternal life because people are worth saving. Even if they disagree with us, people are worth saving. Even if they're cruel to us, people are worth saving. Even if they reject us or, or deny us, even if they hurt us, people are worth saving. Now, if you're a Christian, it's not an option. If you're a Christian, that's your job. Tomorrow, today, tonight, I don't want to let what Jesus did go to waste on me. I want to keep growing. Like, I want to keep living in discipleship. I want to keep going to those Bible studies. I want to keep, I keep like letting him feed my soul and making me stronger. I don't want to let what Jesus did go to waste on me. But I also don't want to let what Jesus did stop with me. And I think the same thing is true for you. My brothers and sisters, Please do not let what Jesus did go to waste on you. And please do not let what Jesus did stop with you. Thanks for listening, friends. To hear more content from speakers like this, join us for Seek 24 in St. Louis, January 1st through the 5th. Visit seek.focus.org to learn more.